It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's Friday, the 9th day of December for 2022, and because it is a Friday, we've got Rich Harvey along very shortly, and you just know that the Sydney luxury property market is still steaming ahead through 2022. And you know that's the case when recently sub penthouses, two of them, attracted $60 million and $70 million each. And I know what you're thinking, and I am with you. If I'm spending $70 mil, I want the penthouse, not the sub. And the sub penthouse, of course, known as the poor cousin to the king of the penthouses, perched above, simply called the penthouse. Have the sub penthouses enjoyed such prestige pricing before? Probably not. And here's another question for you this morning. Who came up with the name the sub penthouse? Probably a marketing agency. Ah, yes, let's instead of calling it the apartment under the penthouse, let's call it the sub penthouse. And there are other sub penthouses available in this very building which sold the 60 and 70 million dollar sub penthouses. This time you can get a whole floor and they're expected to reach and sell for 140 million dollars. But they are still a sub. It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. And if you're celebrating your birthday for the 9th of December, happy birthday. You're sharing your birthday with John Malkovich. He is turning 68 today. Judy Dench is on the birthday calls. Uh, She's turning 87 and it would have been Bob Hawke's birthday today. He would have been on the birthday books, but of course he passed away back in 2000. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's have a look at your weather forecast right around the country on this Friday morning and I can tell you that cloud cover but dry conditions is the order of today. 21 degrees forecast in Sydney today with mainly partly cloudy skies but dry Melbourne again ditto partly cloudy but dry with 18 degrees, Brisbane the same partly cloudy with 27 degrees and in Perth today also partly cloudy but dry conditions and your high of 24 degrees We are just as addicted to property as you are every weekday morning from 6.30 Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey Well, we all saw what happened in 2020 and 2021. The FOMO effect fueled hot markets with frenzied activity and double-digit value gains right across most major centres. But 2022 has shown us if FOMO fuels, then fear of paying too much cools, which has resulted in buyers fleeing to the sidelines with a raft of bad news causing many 
many of them to keep their powder dry and watch from a distance. But what are the facts surrounding this slowing market and how can you take advantage as a buyer? Well, it's a Friday morning, so once again we're joined by Rich Harvey, CEO and founder of propertybuyer.com.au. And a very good morning to you, Rich. Uh, What do you think is keeping the buyers sitting on the sidelines at the moment? Morning, Craig. Well, there's no doubt the massive interest rate hikes that we've had, the fastest rises we've had in a decade, are keeping buyers on the sidelines. Buyers have been used to really cheap rates, but now the interest rates are starting to bite. And what that means is the people's borrowing capacity has been reduced. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty also in the economy and world events. You know, we've got the war going on in the Ukraine and Russia. You know, the share market's a bit volatile. There's threats of cyber attacks, a lot of bad news around. That tends to also fuel the people sitting on the sidelines. And there's all this this generic fear that the market will drop further. You know, prices have declined and they are dropping a bit further. And therefore, there's a fear of paying too much. You know, this, this new acronym we call FOPTUM. And everyone's asking, Rich, when is the bottom of the market going to come? So a recent CoreLogic report actually came out about a month or so ago looking at market peaks and troughs. And it had some telling information. And they analysed the data over the last 40 years. And they said that it basically takes for markets to reach their low point can range from one month to eight and a half months. So that's not very long. That's not years to go from the peak of the market to the bottom of the market is less than a year. And conversely, the period that it takes for a market to recover from the bottom of the market to where it was back to where the peak of the market was can be between nine months to three years. Our property prices turn down pretty quickly. It's a pretty short, sharp drop. And then we tend to have a a longer, more sustained upswing. There's a window of opportunity in which you can act, and it's a fairly short window. And most people miss it because they don't realise they're in it and they don't realise how things are swinging. With the window, we should look at the interest rates because they have dramatically risen this year. It is getting more difficult to qualify for a loan. So the question is just how difficult is that at the moment, do you think, for qualifying for a loan? Well, it's definitely harder. I mean, I've just been to go and get refinanced and get a loan for another property as well. And it's definitely harder. So my capacity has gone down. It doesn't matter what income you're earning, whether it's high, medium or low. And most people's borrowing capacity is probably down by about 20 to 22% compared to a year ago. But the message here, Craig, it's not impossible to get a loan. You still can get a loan. And I think people just shy away thinking, oh, interest rates are too high. I won't bother. Well, go and talk to a broker. We can recommend some fantastic finance brokers that can help you get a loan and jump through the hoops. Another thing, Craig, it's don't just focus on the rate that you're paying. Focus on how much you can actually borrow. Because if you can borrow a little bit more money that enables you to get a better quality property, uh, perhaps you get it at a higher discount, it doesn't matter that you're paying 0.2% more because you can borrow more money. It's really about using your equity and using leverage safely. You've really got to work the system or milk the system the right way. You're not trying to cut corners here, but when you understand how finance and banking systems work, you can really, really use that to your advantage. So it's really important to get your finance approval. And that means you can be ready to jump on a great deal when it comes your way. And particularly in these slower markets, which is our topic today, We've got to find those sellers who are much more motivated to buy. And if you can you know, present yourself as a fully 
pre-qualified purchaser and then you're going to be dealing with an agent that's going to be much more interested to deal with you than someone says, oh yeah, I've got to go and put my application in and you know, four or five weeks later, you might have it. So it's really important that you're, you're good to go and you've got that loan set up and, and ready to, uh, to execute. Yeah, you need to have it all ready to go for execution, that is for sure. Now, over such a long period of time talking with you, Rich, one of the things that you constantly say is going against the herd. And I believe that Warren Buffett has a great saying with relation to that. So are you seeing any evidence of buyers doing exactly that, going against the herd? So yes, we are absolutely seeing strong evidence of counter-cyclical investors. Uh, We wish we had more clients that had the same philosophy and viewpoint, and we're helping a lot of those clients really adopt that approach, Um, and I'm doing it myself. You know, I've bought uh, three properties this year, and um, really looking to, to ramp that up again in the new year as well, once we get some refinance done. So the key is that If you're just a a passive investor or a non-active investor, you'll be sitting on the sidelines waiting for prices to to fall further. And you could actually miss that window of opportunity that I just mentioned. You know, you've got to set up your alerts on the portal so you know what comes to market. You've got to get out there, look at what's available um, and have a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of, you know, potential purchasing options. So when you're out there looking, um, don't fall in love with one property, you know, track the properties, look at the numbers, crunch the numbers. And that way, when you go in to negotiate, you don't have your heart set on one particular property if you're an investor, because it does just come down to the return that you're going to get and the type of yield you're going to get. And the other key point here, Craig, is that in terms of being a counter-cyclic investor, don't buy based on media headlines. So many people go, oh, yeah, well, the such and such paper said this and that paper said that. And, you know, that's not the way to make decisions. You make your decisions on fundamental analysis about the property market and what the property inherent property value is going to be today versus long term. Inherent property value. That brings me to this point. How are you keeping track of property values in a declining market? Is it more challenging to keep pace of it? Oh, absolutely more challenging, Craig. I mean, this is where we really earn our money as buyers agents. You know, we we spend, when we go through our process and we've identified a suitable property for our client, we spend two to two and a half hours analysing that one property, doing a thorough comparable sales analysis. And we'll look at the floor plan, the location, the, the square meterage, the construction cost, the slope, the aspect, and compare whether it's similar, superior, or, or comparable to the subject property. So it's really, I say, know thy numbers. You know, you've got to take an unemotional, analytical kind of approach to monitoring the market. I mean, we track auction results every week. We're looking at, I read the entire auction results, you know, 600 results, whatever. And I might seem a bit crazy reading through them all, but I just love to keep an eye on what happens. You know, we attend all of my team locally based, we attend auctions. Even if we don't have a client, we'll go along and have a look at the auctions and see what the, the mood of the room is or the room of the atmosphere is like. It's interesting, there's the asking prices are declining. If you look at the what they call vendor discounting rate that CoreLogic track, uh, during the boom, it was probably down to about 25 to 3%. It's now blown out to around 5%. So I think early next year, you'll probably see it rise to a maximum of around a 6 to maybe 7% discount uh, factor. The key here, how do you keep track? Um, yeah, you've just got to be monitoring that market and, and make sure you're writing down and tracking those, those values on a weekly basis. 
What about investing in a slower market? What are some of the ways in which buyers who are listening right now to the podcast can take advantage of a slower market? Well, we've talked about sort of looking online to find properties and the other way is offline and building relationships with local agents. And that's one of the key things that we do. We've got a database of 25,000 agents around Australia that we will email, call, talk to, to identify suitable properties before they even hit the market. So if you're going to do it on your own, you've got to build those local relationships yourself. You've got to go to the open homes and start having conversations with the agent and really pick up on any kind of market intelligence that might be available So you're asking questions, you know, what's the motivation of the seller? Why are they moving? Where are they moving to? And what set of settlement terms do they want? What else have you got coming up? So you really have those conversations and you've got to remember that selling agents are crucial to your success. So you've got to treat them with respect. So, and that can also result in, if you've got a good relationship, being told about off-market opportunities. So the other key thing is really to to make offers on properties that you think are good value, that are well-positioned and present good long-term value. Mm, Yeah, and making that offer, I I think there's a real art to making the right offer. So how do you go about this? Because when making an offer, should you go in with a really low ball offer in this current market? Uh, The answer to that question, Craig, is it depends. If you you go in and, and just low ball the offer, you know, you might actually run the risk of completely offending the owner or the agent and going, this guy has no idea what this property is worth. Look, I'm pretty bullish uh, and I go in pretty hard for my clients. I, you know, I, I say to my clients, use me as the battering ram, right? I'll go in hard and fast. But there, there's a point at which you can go in too low and a point which you don't go in low enough. And it's really having a bit of science behind that. There's art and science. So again, asking those questions, have they bought elsewhere? How long has the property been on the market? You know, finding out how to frame the offer. You know, don't just make a verbal offer, make the offer in writing. There's a couple of things in in terms of the timing of your offer too. You know, if you put your offer in, you know, within one minute of being in the property, the agent knows that you are definitely interested, you know. Often if it's a three to four week auction campaign, I wait till after the second open home in that between the second and third week, I find is a bit of a sweet spot. Um, and then if there really aren't any other potential buyers around, the uh, the agent might be actually keen to do a pre-auction deal. But if that agent's got three or four genuine buyers running on the property, then they're going to run it to auction. Um, but sometimes the, we've found lately that, some of the buyers are a bit shaky. They're kind of saying they're going to come to auction and not going to go to auction. So it's all about giving the agent and the owner certainty with your offer, not being too aggressive. So your, your offer backfires, but being frugal enough and just increasing your offer by just enough to show that you're genuinely interested and, uh, and want to buy that purchase and want to purchase that property. It's all about the balance, I guess, at the end of the day. Rich Harvey, a ton of great information once again. I'll let you go and catch you back next week right here on The Real Estate Breakfast. Thank you so much, Craig. Look forward to it. Have a great weekend. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.